Hello, and welcome to Africa Tech Summit Connects, sharing insights from across the African tech scene. Join us at Africa Tech Summit Nairobi 2022, taking place on February 23rd and 24th in Kenya. Africa Tech Summit Nairobi will connect 500 industry leaders and share insights from the Money and DeFi Summit, the Startup Summit, and the Mobile Summit. Network and do business with tech leaders, investors, startups, and leading ventures from the Africa Tech ecosystem over two days with multiple networking events at our 10th live edition. Join us at Africa Tech Summit Nairobi, where African Tech connects February 23rd and 24th, 2022. To see more details, please visit www.africatechsummit.com. That's Africa Tech Summit. Dot com. Now back to this great episode. Hello and welcome to today's show. My name is Andrew Fastinch, founder of Africa Tech Summit. In today's episode, we're taking a deep dive into fintech and more specifically payments in Africa. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Akshay Grover, CEO of Salient. Welcome, Akshay. Andrew, thank you so much. Uh, pleasure to be here with you. And, 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 and it's always a pleasure talking to Africa Tech. So very happy to be here. Well, yeah, we're delighted to have you. We, we, we had you in London at, at Africa Tech Summit, London, London Stock Exchange. And I think you, you held the room pretty well. Um, we can get on to some of, that, some of, the, some of the areas that, that you thought were pertinent from that later on. Um, so tell us about Akshay Grover. Where, where, have you, where, where have you grown up? Where have you come from? And how have you ended up in, in, in Kenya running Salient? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, I was born and I did most of my education in India. Um, moved around quite a bit. So uh, went around to a lot of cities and sort of, I think, just meeting different people, seeing different things uh, gives you this ability to adapt. And I think that's what really uh, made me come to Africa at some point. Um, I, my first tryst with Africa was in 2007. So it's been now close to 15 years that I've been in and out of Africa. Um, I, I started my career in investment banking, moved to private equity investments. All of that was focused on, on the Middle East and Africa. And then somehow got involved with uh, a semi-entrepreneurial venture with a group called Ison, where you know we we along with the founders we built a business that had almost thirty thousand people across twenty five countries in Africa, um, and that's how I spent uh, six years right here on the continent between Kenya, Nigeria, Ghana, Uganda, you name the country in this part of the world. Um, and somewhere along that journey came across FinTech, had a few interesting conversations with some of the investors at Cellulend, uh, the, the founders of the business. We had a few good conversations and, you know, I think somehow destiny brought everything together. Um, and now I live in Nairobi and I look after a business that's spanning 
uh, almost 35 countries in sub-Saharan Africa. I mean, growing up in India, have you has that benefited you in in terms of coming to Africa? Is that you know, there's often the the parallels between what's happened in the Indian Indian ecosystem versus Africa, and Africa is obviously a bigger beast with uh, a lot more countries. Um, but has that helped you, and or how do you compare Africa today and and, and India that um, has really flourished? And, and do you see there's any real uh, similarities and and or, or disparities in terms of what's going on? I think a lot of similarities between India and Africa, Andrew. Um, and, and and the one thing is that that India teaches you is how to survive and how to innovate. And I think, I, I think it's just because the resources are scarce and there are too many people, right? And I think you learn to adapt. And I think you, I think some of those skills help you in Africa as well. Um, but when you look macro, like when you zoom out, right, I think, I think fundamentally there are a lot of similarities, a um, lot of um, low GDP per capita, mm-hmm. uh, very high divide between, uh, let's call it high income and low income, um, large population sitting in low income, very high mobile penetration, very high smartphone penetration educated population. Um, so, so when you think about the framework, right, I think there are a lot of similarities, uh, particularly relevant to FinTech. Uh, lots of innovation, uh, also common between India and Africa. Uh, Africa is also always innovating. Um, and I think innovation comes from the fact that there isn't abundance, right? And, mm. and, and lack of abundance creates innovation. And so you have some of the uh, the most exciting developments happening in these parts of the world. So that's what I find common between the two. I think the one thing which is uncommon is, as you said very rightly, I mean, there is a billion odd 1.3 billion people in, in India, you know, a billion plus people in Africa, but it's 54 different markets in Africa, right? It's 54 different currencies. Well, not 54, but whatever, 47 currencies or something like that. Um, there are different cultural nuances. There are different people in every country. I think that makes um, creating a business across the continent a lot more challenging in Africa than perhaps it might be in India. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, when you talk about that many currencies, uh, creates a lot of friction um, and a lot of chaos, I suppose, in, in, in trying to get payments and, and, and money across the continent, um, which is what Salient have worked well on. Um, so tell us more about Salient and the journey so far. I mean, you mentioned huge geographic footprint there. Um, and what are the kind of regional differences you're seeing between the markets for, for payments? Um, well, you know, I mean, I think there are quite a few differences. One is just in the, in the let's call it, the evolution of each of the markets. So in East Africa, you find, say, for example, Kenya, um, where where you have almost $200 billion last year of digital payments, and the GDP of the country is $100 billion, right? So so it's a very big number of digitization, and out of the 200 billion mobile payments is something like $60 billion. So, so, So very, very evolved market from a fintech, from a digital payment standpoint. Um, and then on the other hand, you might have countries in other parts of Africa, which are um, not even 20% digitized in terms of total 
size of the economy. So I think there are there are differences in the level of digitization that's happened, the level of mobile money that exists um, in in countries across Africa. That's one material difference. Um, you find another difference. You find sometimes, um, how do you call it, concentration of market share. So there are mobile operators in East Africa that have a very dominant market market share. I mean, you come to Kenya, almost all people except M-Pesa, but you go to Ghana and you find that, you know, there's an equal acceptance of MTN money and there is an equal acceptance of Airtel um, uh, or Tigo. Uh, and, and, and kind of you feel that, oh, okay, there are different operators here that are, that have got the market share split. So I think there's digitization, there's market share of digital payments, uh, which vary quite a bit. There are some nuances. Um, bank transfer as a payment method, for example, in Nigeria is very high. So you can go to a pharmacy and you find a GT bank logo there and you can pay directly from your bank account to the merchant. Um, you don't land up doing that in too many countries in East Africa, for example. Yeah. So I think I, I, I think the nuances are far too many and maybe I've just counted on a few uh, just to give you a flavor of, of, of what the differences are. I mean, you touched on, uh, you know, the dominance of M-Pesa in, in Kenya. How has that been uh, as a payments company coming up against, uh, you know, in, in the Kenya specific instance, uh, coming up against a player like that, who has such dominance in the market and how do you, uh, how do you position yourselves to overcome that? I mean, look, today it, it sort of cut it cuts both ways, Andrew. I mean, I think we we have a very successful partnership with Mpesa, and we've we've been we've been like, candidly we've been healthy partners with them, right? But at the end of the day, no matter what market you are in and which part of the world you are in, whether you're in East Africa, West Africa, in Asia, in Europe, any kind of dominance in market share always creates a bit of a skew in the market, right? Um, because anybody who's dominant tends to behave dominantly, right? And that's very normal. Um, so I think, I mean, I think, I think in short, I think, um, but, I do, but I do think that regulators are playing a strong role. Uh, the Central Bank of Kenya is doing some very progressive stuff. Um, and and um, and and I expect to see a lot of change in the coming months in the payment landscape, um, not just in Kenya but in many other parts of Africa. Well, certainly, I think um, if we look at the last twelve to twenty-four months of investment uh, into the sector, has been unprecedented. Um, I mean, when we talk about African fintech. Still relatively new in some markets. Do you think do you see some consolidation maybe in this, or or do you think there's enough growth for everybody to, to operate? Because there's a lot of big funding rounds. So the Stripe acquisition of, of Paystack, new entrants coming in into, into the market, cheaper cash. We've also got Flutterwave, you've got the banks, you've got the telcos. Uh how do you see that all playing out? Yeah, good, good hard question, Andrew. But I know, you know my take my, my take is that it's still too early for consolidation. Yeah, um, we are still, I would say, scratching the surface on on funding. We're scratching the surface on the number of people that get large funding. Um, we we are still in early stages of the cycle. So my expectation is that there would be consolidation, 
but I think consolidation mm-hmm. is three, four, five years away mm-hmm. from where we're sitting. I mean, it's not to say that you wouldn't have one odd transaction where somebody comes in from outside and does an acquisition, but is that going to be the dominant trend? I think not just yet. Yeah, sure. It's an interesting space. Um, the banks are having market share taken by by, by nimble fintechs like yourselves. Um, the telcos, obviously, the, the mobile money space has grown grown massively. If you look at some of them spinning out their their mobile money uh, arms as well. Um, if we move on, then looking at you know really what's driving the growth at Cellians, talk to me about SMEs. You know, there's so much talk in in, in most African markets about you know the small SMEs who are driving driving huge amounts of trade and business. Can you tell us more, you know, SMEs in the market you're in and, and what that looks like in, in terms of driving trade and, and, and payments? I mean, um, you know, I think we, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm not sure you're fully aware, but historically we've been focused on the enterprise side of the business. And it's uh, only late last year that we actually started focusing on the small and medium businesses because we realized that, you know, one of our goals is, uh, to create wealth and and to create wealth, you need to operate uh, not just at the top end of the curve, but you need to operate in the middle and the bottom and all of those curves, right? And and to that extent, we felt like we've got to serve the SMB market and we've got to find a way of 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 helping them create and multiply wealth. And one of the ways we can enable them to do that is to diversify the way they accept payments or who they make payments to, um, how who they can accept money from, whether it's domestic or cross-border, and how frictionless can we make that process for these small and medium businesses so that they are not thinking of payments as a worry altogether. They're thinking about how to build a business. They're thinking about how to make their business profitable, but payments is not something that they actively need to spend any time on. That's what we are attempting to do. And, and, and last year, we launched a portal um, on, on one which is called Ting um, and a brand which we are using for our merchants, where merchants can now come on our platform. They can self-sign up, um, self-upload their KYC information, and then within a, a few minutes, be able to activate uh, accept payments on their on their on their platform or make payments to their vendors and partners and so on and so forth um, and we believe that this is something that's really going to help merchants not just in one country but across our entire footprint so this year we are rolling out 12 countries on our platform um, with this with this uh, ability to self sign up and self activate your service and then along with that, somewhere along the middle of the year, in the first half of 2022, we also are, we are actually already right now, as we speak, talking to a bunch of different banks who will be able to provide uh, working capital loans to these merchants or to these SMBs via our platform and via the, the AI tools that we've developed to assess the credit 
worthiness of some of these modules. Very, very interesting. Um, so, so credit as a service as well, um, which which has come under scrutiny heavily, hasn't it, with the uh, with the Kenyan regulator um, on the consumer side? I know, I know that the Kenyan regulator has clamped down on on some of the lending practices there, but. Um, SMEs, I suppose you've got more of a credit history. You've got more of a way of of, of seeing their flow and, and and judging that. So it's it's quite a, an interesting area. Um, buy now, pay later as well. Obviously, it's becoming a huge topic of conversation on the consumer side. Um, is that something you see you could offer later on to the to the to the business customer maybe and service those so, through so, other partners? So we are actually offering going to be offering both merchant lending and buy now, pay later. Um, and so one aspect of it is lending to the merchant. And then the other aspect of it is how do you increase the merchant's sales by offering credit to the end consumer at the point of sale? Uh, so both areas are areas which we are intending to launch in the first half of 2022. And again, the intention there is not to acquire consumers to give credit to but to enable the businesses because you would be able to drive up their sales, their volumes by giving consumer credit. Yeah, you also mentioned there, um, you know, 12, market, 12 markets uh, earlier. In terms of where do you see is exciting right now? Obviously, we, we know about Kenya and Nigeria, but what are the other really exciting markets you're seeing in terms of growth, both in your own business, but also in terms of, um, you know, real opportunity for, for, for business and uh, an investment? Yeah, I mean, you know, this this is a question, uh, Andrew, which, you know, the, the standard answer to this question is um, take all the large economies of Africa and name them, right? Nigeria, yes. Kenya, Uganda, Ghana, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But maybe, maybe the way I'd like to approach this problem is that we see opportunities in a few... Of course, we see opportunities in these large markets and we are going to go after those opportunities. But we are also seeing some large opportunities in some relatively small markets, but where mm. we can become substantially large. Which are those markets which we find interesting? We find Zambia interesting. We find Senegal interesting. We find DRC interesting. We find Cote d'Ivoire interesting. Um, we we think that Ethiopia in the coming months is going to go through the roof once the political situation settles down a bit. Uh, and so these are some of the markets that we've got our eyes on and that we intend to grow in outside of the traditionally large markets in Africa. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity, but I suppose it's balancing the opportunity with uh, resources and, and fundraising. Um, you know, if we talk about fundraising, has, has fundraising got easier with, the, with, with this new wave of investment that seems to be pouring into to African fintechs? How has it been for you um, in, terms of, in terms of raising cash? And, and uh, are you looking to raise some more, some more uh, funding for, for selling it? I think the environment for Africa fintech could not have been better at this point of time. Uh, I mean, there are some macro headwinds now, Andrew, because, you know, the Fed is expected to increase inflation rates. The mm -hmm. tech markets in the United States have uh, collapsed over the last couple of days. Um, I wouldn't say collapsed, but at least fallen materially from their highs. Uh, 
Um, so, so there are some headwinds which are there. Uh, the tailwinds are that people are beginning to buy the Africa tech, fintech story. Uh, a lot of international investors see a lot of interest. A lot of international in- investors have already done transactions on this continent. So those are the tailwinds. Um, and, and, and we are right now looking to raise our Series D as we speak. We are actually just about in early stages of conversations with a bunch of investors to raise $100 million. Uh, and, um, you know, I mean, things so far, so far so good. So looking forward to being able to close a transaction in the coming months. Wow, $100 million. So that, that gives you quite a good amount of uh, runway to, you know, really go deep into these other markets. Um, so exciting, to- exciting times ahead. So where, where do people send the checks? <laughs> well, I, I would be happy to give a bank account for Celluland Corporation. I'm not sure. I, I hope it's a Celluland. Uh, I hope it's a Celluland uh, payment device that's being used. Um, yeah, very interesting. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I know uh, we spoke in London, obviously, as well. Africa Tech Summit London around that as well, and um, uh, you know the level of investment and interest, as you said, is is going through the roof. Um, I think what we've seen across African tech in the short, you know, time we've been around is, uh, you know, our first event, I think back in 2016, where people were talking around funding rounds of 100,000, 200,000, maybe there was a million there somewhere. Um, I think we're looking at 4 billion um, invested in, in, in 2021, uh, which is, which is really, uh, really impressive in terms of the growth of the ecosystem. Um, moving on, you know, we have to be looking also at what's happening in the crypto and, and, and decentralized finance space. And really interested to hear your thoughts on that. And, you know, coming from a fintech side, where you where you see that that's taking course in Africa and how much of a threat is that to your business or how much of an opportunity is it maybe for selling to, you know, add on, add on those kind of services? or not with, with selling to what you're doing? Well, you know, Andrew, I think, you know, some of this has been has been a global conversation. The fact of the matter is that, um, you know, at least our view is that crypto is here to stay. Um, you know, there are some wide fluctuations in what's happening in the crypto market, but is this a trend that is here to stay? I would guess that the answer to that question is a yes. Um, how do we think about it? I mean, you know, we are a we are a payment services business, and so we process credit card payments, we process um, bank payments, we process mobile payments, and if you think of crypto, a crypto is also like many of what I just talked about, a store of value, right? A bank account is a store of value, a credit card is a store of value, um, uh, a crypto account or a crypto, let's call it wallet, is also a store of value. So I think going forward, what I expect is that, you know, just like you buy airline tickets or you buy a television online, you would be able to do that going forward on crypto. Mm-hmm. How far, and, and, and obviously then Cellulant would offer an ability to pay 
from a crypto account. But you know, all of this, of course, has to then eventually tie into regulation. Um, and regulation has to permit it because you know ultimately we are licensed in several countries and we have to we have to follow the law in terms of saying can we offer this service can we not offer this service is how does how does each country's regulation think about a particular service and and i think i think we'll have to see how that evolves uh over the next couple of months uh people have taken very different positions there are regulators that have banned crypto there are regulators who are allowing crypto but not allowing paying from crypto so i think i think the the varieties of positions are very very different and we'll we'll just have to see how this evolves before one can fully answer how we would play in the market sure yeah it's an interesting space especially even if you look at the kenyan regulator i mean i know they're very anti-crypto nigeria we've seen the uh, you know various iterations of, of, of their regulation where they've, they've banned crypto they even banned some of the investment uh, companies for a while from from uh, their bank accounts and things like that so um i think yeah regulation seems to be seems to be the key um do you think there's there's an opportunity there i suppose for one market in in, in africa to to actually become the the malta of 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 you know crypto and defi the home of crypto and defi in africa and you know huge opportunity um i suppose it's more 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 of a, a comment than a question um so what do you think are the future trends that we're going to see and i mean you know we've seen huge innovation across fintech and payments what are the future trends that you think are, are going to be the more dominant ones and, and driving uh business and business and and, and investment for Sellant? I think there's one macro trend that we are all riding on and it's not just cellular, but you know, a lot of players in the fintech space and that's just digitization of payments um, and lesser and lesser usage of cash. And, you know, I, I was earlier talking about Kenya and I was saying that it's such an evolved market uh, with $200 billion of digital payments last year, right? Um, but can you believe that even with that level of digitization almost 50 percent of transactions in kenya are cash so in an evolved market you have 50 percent transactions happening on cash can you imagine when you think about the continent of africa where digital payments have not evolved to that level yet what the ratio of cash is 70 percent 80 percent 85 percent depending on the market Right. And so one of the largest opportunities for this entire industry is really digitization of cash and let's call it replacement of cash with digital payments. Uh, the second opportunity, I think, is uh, my take is that, you know, um, is that fintechs, when partnered with banks, can provide a huge amount of value to the African society, whether it's businesses, whether it's consumers, because somehow I feel that banks stand alone have not really been able to serve this market as effectively as I might have imagined it to be. And I feel that 
fintechs and the quantum of innovation uh, will enable that, provided fintechs and banks can actually work to serve the, the markets together. Because I think each of them bring their own, let's call it strengths to the table. And when you combine those strengths, you create a much larger ability to be able to service the market in a more meaningful way. Is that a necessity of fear from the banks that they're, they're, they know that you know the fintechs are eating up a lot of a lot of the uh, a lot of the cake that that was all theirs before, or is it also the ability that they don't have you know maybe the technological know-how that maybe a settlement who's built from you know technology up, um, you know. What do you think is the driver there for the bank, or is it both? I mean, it could be it could be fear of losing market share, but I, I, I I'm not sure about that. It's hard to comment, and you know, every market and every player will have its own nuance. But I but I do certainly feel that fintechs tend to be a lot more nimble on product development, on product rollout, on what is it that the customer wants, um, what is new. Um, you know, today, for example, Cellulant has a 160-member technology team. I mean, one might argue that some of the largest banks on the continent may not have that larger technology team, right? So, so I think I, I think it is about saying it is about relative strengths. Um, the banks on the other side have. Uh, existing large, very large customer base, which probably Cellulant doesn't. Uh, they have customer deposits. They have credit history. Uh, they have millions of dollars of float balances. So, I mean, when, you know, when you think about financial services in totality, it's hard to say that one trumps over the other in a standalone fashion. But I think one partnered with two can really make a huge difference to the entire ecosystem. Yeah, an interesting space, uh, one which we'll, we'll be covering heavily at Africa Tech Summer coming up, and we look forward to having having you with us again. Uh, I think you are one of the main attractions at our London event. Uh, your, your your session that you did with it with a lot, a lot of people as a break it was was very well received. So we look forward to welcoming you to Africa Tech Summit Nairobi. February 23rd, 24th. And um, uh, if anybody is listening who wants to attend, please bring a checkbook. Akshay will be in the corner. He'll be accepting checks up to $100 million. And um, he'll, he'll be ready to accept them. Um, so look, Akshay, I really appreciate you um, making the time to speak with Africa Tech Summit. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Likewise, Andrew. And thanks for having me here. It's been such a pleasure. Uh, always I love the events that Africa Tech hosts, uh, interacting with all the people like-minded that you managed to get to some of these events and looking forward to your next event. Well, we look forward to seeing you there. Join us at Africa Tech Summit Nairobi 2022, taking place on February 23rd and 24th in Kenya. Africa Tech Summit Nairobi will connect 500 industry leaders and share insights from the Money and DeFi Summit, the Startup Summit, and the Mobile Summit. Network and do business with tech leaders, 
investors, startups, and leading ventures from the Africa Tech ecosystem over two days with multiple networking events at our 10th live edition. Join us at Africa Tech Summit Nairobi, where African tech connects. February 23rd and 24th, 2022. To see more details, please visit www.africatechsummit.com. That's africatechsummit.com.